Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos, my co-host, Corey Wooten. Thank you so much for checking us out on YouTube. Comment and question below. Thank you for listening on TuneIn, SiriusXM, and wherever you get your podcasts. We've got a great episode coming up, previewing Bears and Lions in about 30 seconds. But we've got to talk about our sponsor, BetOnline. BetOnline, they've been with us all season long, and that's why they are the number one source for all your sports betting needs. Everything from the NFL right down to bowl season and eSports going on right now. You can find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. they got live betting, free contests live scores for almost any sport you can imagine so what are you waiting for head over to betonline.ag right now you will receive a 50 percent welcome bonus with your first deposit that 50 percent welcome bonus is good only when you use promo code believe b-l-e-a-v to receive that reward betonline where the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you for coming into the pod uh we're gonna go talk all things bears this week preview a little bears lions in week 17 let's bring in my co-host he's fox 32 chicago's very own chgo's very own Northwestern Wildcat, former Chicago Bears defensive end, Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? What's up, Joey? How you doing, my man? I'm feeling good. I'm ready for 2023. We're a couple of days away. We're taping this on a Thursday night. We've got uh, no more Bears games yet left in this 2022 season. Uh, two games to go. I'm excited. And Corey, um, to be honest with you, there's been some news that came out today that could also be something that's great for the future of the Chicago Bears. Um there's a rumor that one of the top candidates to take over for Ted Phillips, who is retiring next year as the CEO and president of the Chicago mm-hmm. Bears, is a man who has already interviewed multiple times. Reports say that he is a finalist, and he is none other than Kevin Warren, the current Big Ten commissioner of the NFL. Um, you know, Corey, I've been trying to learn about this guy as quick as I possibly can, but I would love to get your reaction first about the possibility that Kevin Warren can become the new president of the Chicago Bears. I, I, I like that because, you know, the Big Ten Conference, obviously that and the SEC are, are are two kings in college football, right? And he's been a part of that since 2020. And he has a lot of front office experience. He was with the Rams, he's with the Lions and Minnesota Vikings before taking the Big Ten role. So I think it would be great for, for the Bears just because he has experience as well. He's been dealing with the Big Ten Conference and, and their kind of rise to power with the SEC. So I'd love to see that for sure. You know, I know uh, Ted Phillips has been there forever. Um, and, and, you know, he's, he's stepping down and it'd be good to have someone like Kevin Warren in, in the bear staff, you know, that, that could maybe even guide a guy like Ryan Poles going into this free agency and the draft for this next upcoming year. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a really inspiring hire if they're able to lock it in. You've seen what the big 10 has done, shaking up the entire you know conferences of seeing who's coming over, who's staying, who's going, bringing people under the big 10 umbrella. Um, that's been impressive. And I, I think the big thing that I took away from it was, he was instrumental in helping build U.S. Bank Stadium, uh, the new Minnesota Vikings stadium um, that everyone raves about and says one of the highest quality of stadiums. And I don't know, maybe the Chicago Bears are talking about something either here, either there, Chicago, Arlington Heights. We'll see what happens. Um, maybe my follow-up to it, if he is the choice, I think it's a fantastic financial hire. I think he'd be a great steward for the Chicago Bears. I mean, could you take a guess right now? Do you think he would hire a football man to pair alongside him? Or do you think this is kind of Ryan Poles' show? And, and and kind of what's your take on that? Because that was the knock on Ted Phillips, right? He doesn't know football. He only knows business. You know, does the thing that checks all those boxes in that area? 
Yeah, I think he understands both the business aspect and and football wise. So I think it would just be a good addition because Ted Phillips kind of handled his own. He stepped back from the GM, let them control everything. But I think it'd be good someone that understands football and understands the business side. And you brought up a good point. Bears are talking about a new stadium, whether that's improving Soldier Field, whether it's going to Arlington Heights. And you said he was instrumental in the Minnesota Vikings with their stadium. So I think it would be a, a great fit. And I think the Bears would be be very lucky to have him. Corey, we will have the uh, should the Bears stay in Chicago go to Arlington Heights conversation. <laughs> we'll talk in the about off that. Season. Oh, we'll do it. We'll do it one day. Uh, but let's kind of roll it forward a little bit. Let's do the news and notes of the week. Um, you know, we're taping this on a Thursday night. Um, so we had a little bit of some injury news today. Uh, so Equinemius St. Brown came back. He was a limited participant in practice today. He's been on the shelf with a concussion. Chase Claypool, limited participant again with the knee. He did tell reporters today that he's going to have to see how it just kind of reacts and how treatment goes over the next couple of days, whether he will suit up. And then Dante Pettis got hurt today in practice, was a DMP. I don't know if he suits up this weekend. The only reason why I bring that up, Corey, is that our wide receiver room was depleted to start the season, and now injuries have kind of really ravaged that area moving forward. Um, so we'll see how it plays out this weekend. And it also transi- transitions into me. I think this is Chapter 3 here on Believe in Bears of the wide receiver flavor of the week. Um, of who can the possibly the Bears target in the offseason to bring in. Um, you know, we've done DeAndre Hopkins before. This week, Corey, is Devontae Adams. Why? We're talking because, about them. Because the Raiders just benched Derek Carr. Uh, whether they're going to be willing to trade him or move on, start over, bring in Tom Brady, we'll see. But the whole idea of Devontae Adams going to the Raiders last year was to be paired with his old college buddy, Derek Carr. If that is taken away, is now all of a sudden Devontae Adams on the board. So I'll start this with you, Corey. Would you be interested in a player like Devontae Adams? And what do you think it would take to get him via trade? I would be interested in him. However, I think out of all the receivers we were talking about between Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, I think he's going to require the highest pick draft pick wise, mm-hmm. you know, because I think he's a year younger than than both of those guys. I think he came uh, 2014. I believe they both came in 2013, right? He's, he's has, 30. Mike Evans is going to be 31. It's close, but he's yeah, younger. Yeah. yeah. And DeAndre Hopkins, I believe, is 31 or 32, something along cool. those lines. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think he's going to require people were talking about a possible first rounder. Um, that's that's where I kind of draw the line on, on a first rounder. Right. I'm cool with the second round pick all day. Right. If we could get one of those three, especially a Devontae Adams um, and especially a former Packer, um, a guy that, that did some numbers against us. But to go to go to the right side, not the dark side. So it'd be good to have him because. Any either way, you, you between those three, we need one of them or a player like them. You know, however we can acquire it, right? Whether it's you know through the draft, which I don't think it's possible because I think we're going to address that with the defensive line with that first pick. Potentially, if we trade back, then there could be some options. But I think the best way to get a number one receiver is is through a trade during during this offseason for sure. And I think if we target one of those guys, I feel so much better about this offense because you look at. Jalen Hurts, right, from last year to this year. He's been he's been night and day difference. Right. What did they do? They got out, they got Brown. They have Devontae Smith, another year under his belt. And they're two guys that go up and get it. You look at even in the game they played us throughout the season, they they the 50-50 balls, they're getting the majority of the time. So that's what we need. We need a guy that can go up and get it. And Justin Fields doesn't have that right now, right? Darnell Mooney was great in a role, you know, as a two or a three, but I don't believe he's a number one. Claypool. The jury's still out, but I'm not going to bet on it because he's not healthy at this point, and we can't rely on something that we don't know. 
So we need that true number one receiver. Then I'd feel a lot better about, about the weapons for Justin Fields, especially if we can get David Montgomery back. We have him and Herbert. Um, I think that would be a good fit. Cole Komet really come alive in the red zone. I would feel good about things. And then we got to address the offensive line, obviously. But I think the number one receiver is key, and I'm just hoping that Ryan Poles doesn't overlook that. Who wouldn't want Devontae Adams, right? I mean, he's he's amazing. He's a touchdown machine. And, oh, yeah, Luke Getze has a little bit of familiarity of how to get Devontae Adams open in an offense. And, yeah, man, if you pair him together with Justin Fields, I think it overnight transforms the Bears' offense, even if you don't make a, a big a flurry of moves in the offseason. But, yeah, Corey, the problem with this one is it's a little more complicated, right? It's contingent on a lot of different things breaking the bear in the Bears' favor. Now, for example, if they have, let's say they stay at the number two pick, the Raiders are probably looking at anywhere between, I think, like 8 to 11, depending on if they lose their last two games. Mm -hmm. So does the number two pick swapping it with the eight or ninth pick plus Devontae Adams, does that get it done and does that feel good? Um, I think that's still a little rich. Um, personally, anyone that jumps up from eight to two, that's got a cost in my opinion. And I know Devontae Adams is an amazing player, but we're also going to be taking back his money. So that's in consideration. My question for you, Corey, and rolling it forward with Devontae Adams and what that works out is I'm kind of of the mindset right now, if the Bears have the number two pick in the draft, you know, barring outside something, you know, really, really, really advantageous for the Bears, I think mm -hmm. the Bears stay at number two. And I think that they use that pick on their option of their favorite defensive player, whether it is the Jalen Carter or the Will Anderson of this draft. But Corey, if somehow the Texans win one more game and the Bears lose the next two, they then suddenly catapult into the number one pick. And I just want to get your pick, you know, take on it because Corey, if the Bears are at number one, I almost feel like the responsible thing to do is for Ryan Poles to trade that pick. And and yeah. I don't and you know, whatever whatever number that is, maybe it's three, maybe yeah. it's six, whatever it is, and take back that haul. If the Bears get to number one and trade out of that pick, then I think you have multiple first rounders to look forward to, multiple yeah. second rounders to look forward to, and then the Devonte Adams thing looks that path clears up. So are you with me on that? Stay at yeah. two, but trade at one. I mean, does that? Yeah, make sense? no, I agree with that because you have more flexibility because you know the Texans are going to look to get a quarterback. You know what I mean? It's it seems that way, right? Um, so I think, yeah, one, you have more flexibility and the trade makes more sense. But let, let's see this, right? Like, let's see what we do in free agency first, right? Because we could address defensive tackle. You know, like I say, we got uh, Javon Hargrave, right? And we got Marcus Davenport. That's all of a sudden two. And then we potentially get another end in there. We keep Justin Jones at the nose tackle. All of a sudden, that defensive line got a lot better, right? And then in the draft, you know we can get a pass rusher, second, third, fourth round, fifth round, strictly pass rusher. That could be some depth. We got Dominique Robinson that's coming back for another year. Um, so we got some options there. But it all depends what we do in free agency, and I think that will kind of set the template for what we're going to do in the draft. Yeah, that's a great call. And then maybe one more. You know, Let's just say we move back to that 6-10 to 10 area. Mm -hmm. um, I want to get your take on a guy who is right in your backyard um, look, I'll be honest. I have not watched a ton of tape on him yet. I usually do that at the end of the season or when the season's over. But can you tell me a little bit about Skaronsky on the yeah, Wildcats? Because, dude, I've heard, I've read stuff where it says he's got some of the cleanest pass blocking tape that people have seen in decades. Mm -hmm. um, I've seen that he's a set it and forget it tackle. Uh, I want to hear what your scouting report is on him. Do you prefer yeah. maybe one side or the other with him? And do you think he'd be a worthy possible selection at six through ten if the Bears did move back? 
Yeah, I, I think, in my opinion, he's one of the best offensive tackles in, in, in the draft coming up, right? Very reliable. You know, Northwestern, they've struggled uh, the past two years for sure. But he's been the bright spot going against talented defensive line and uh, outside linebackers that are they're rushing on his side. I think he could play both sides, but I, I definitely think he's, he's, a, he's a true left tackle. He has the footwork. I mean, literally, he could, he could anchor against the power. You know, he doesn't get beat much around the sp- with the speed rush. I-, I think he could do it all. And that could be a potential option over there. Um, the only thing I worry about is, right, like, I think Braxton Jones can be the left tackle of the future, right? I think people are just a little weary about it. But I told you this from the beginning. He reminds me of David Bakhtiari. All he has to do this offseason is work on his strength. He matches the speed rushes perfect. He pushes him around. But what what he struggles against is the bull, right? He's in front of everyone all the time, right? He gets bulled back. What they do is grab the quarterback once they push him by. If he can get stronger, right, I think he can, right? He was going against Southern Utah, going against guys, defensive ends that were 230 pounds. So all of a sudden, you got you got big dudes like Miles Garrett and company, you know, giving you power rushes. It's a little bit tough. Bradley Chubb, guys like that that are really strong. Um, so I think it was, was tough for him this year, but I thought he's done a pretty good job. So in my opinion, I would hope to use that, that first round pick on a, on a rusher, in my opinion, whether it's D tackle or D end, I think that's value. But at the same time, if you felt like this was going to be your left tackle of the future, you know, for, for 10 to 15 years, a real stable out there, I, I wouldn't be mad at that pick, especially if we address what we needed to in the free agency. Yeah, and keep in mind, Bears fans, I and mean, we see it every single year, cough, cough, Mitch Trubisky, um, you know, there is always these quarterbacks that eventually rise up to the top of the ranks of these NFL drafts that we're not seeing right now. I think Will Levis is the the flavor of the week. I think we're all going to pencil in Bryce Young at probably at the top of the draft, but you don't know how C.J. Stroud is going to work out in this top 10 mix as we move forward. Exactly. And even if you do move back a little bit, some of these guys where – you know, we've seen this before. We've seen a guy like a Will Anderson maybe make it to four or five. What did Thibodeau go last year? Didn't he go fourth, fifth, sixth or something yeah. like that? And they were right? talking about him being number one. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, so I mean, this happens every single year. So just because we move back a little bit doesn't mean we might not be able to get that defensive cornerstone that we're looking for. Um, Corey, I think it's time to roll over to the, the Lions versus the Bears in week 17. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lions right now, they're six-point favorites. Uh, Bears on the money line is plus 210. The over-under in this game is 52, which I find to be a really interesting number. That's probably because uh, the Detroit Lions score 26 points a game and the Bears give up 26 points a game. So (laughs) that might have a little bit of something to do with that 52 number. Um, So let's do it, man. We've been on it for about a month now. Um, It isn't about Corey's keys. It's about Corey's C's. What does Corey want to see in Week 17 versus the Lions? Well, I want to see another week of Justin Fields' uh, progress, right, especially in the passing game. I know he has a limited roster out there, but I I, I don't care about the completions. I want to see his accuracy out there in, in the passing game, right? If they drop it, so what? You know he made a good throw. Uh, I want to see Luke Getze game plan, you know, around what they have right there because I think this is going to be critical for Luke Getze going forward just to learn to what to do with the personnel that you have, right, whether it's, you know, the offensive line that's makeshift, you got wide receivers that are hurt because even if we get all the weapons next year, there's still going to be people that are banged up from time to time. Injuries happen. So how is he going to game plan with Justin Fields, right? I want to see Justin Fields just continue to be comfortable back there. Last game, you know, at times he didn't seem as comfortable running the football. I don't know if it was the weather and and all that, you know, it was very cold. Um, But, you know, I want to see him 
continue to progress and and use his feet when he, when he needs to, right? Because last time, last game, we just really didn't see him take off and run like he normally did. So yeah. I, I don't know kind of what that was, but I want to see him make plays when he can and be smart about running, know when to go down, know, know when to get out of bounds, know when to throw it away. So I just want to see that with Justin Fields. And I want to see Alex Leatherwood too. I want to see yeah. Alex Leatherwood play left guard because I want to see that. Tevin Jenkins is your right guard. Um, I want to see what he can do. He's a road grader. I told you I didn't think he was a right tackle. He doesn't have the footwork, but I think inside he can he can be that phone booth type of guy, um, you know. And, and he's really strong, and I think he'd be a better fit at guard. So we traded for him, and we're taking his contract. So we got to see what he can do these past two weeks. He's not a tackle, right? So let's see a guard what he can do, and if it becomes a good option, then you have two guys that you thought were tackle. That we're able to play guard Tevin Jenkins and Alex Leatherwood. That's a great call, Corey. Uh, Tevin Jenkins was a full participant today. He is on course to play this Sunday. And it is interesting where Cody Whitehair is going to be under contract next year, but they do have a financial decision to make on him of whether they can either cut loose and, and start over at that position or bring him back for one more year. And Alex Leatherwood could be an in-house decision that they need to make very, very soon, at least as a depth piece moving forward. Yep. So I like that a whole lot. In terms of Justin Fields, Corey, you know, in his press conference this week, he revealed something that I thought was kind of interesting. He said that he's having a hard time getting to his top end speed with his left shoulder. His running motion with his left shoulder, he says he feels it when he tries to turn on the Jets and get to top speed. Um, look, I don't run a 4-4. So I'm not here. To, I'm not here to say one way or the other about that. But he did kind of mention that a little bit. And Corey, in terms of that, those glimpses, those passes that you wanted to see, um, I wanted to bring up one that I think we saw last week. That look, you know, the Chicago Bears lost 35 to 13, but there was a moment in that game that I think is instructive and hopefully a glimpse of the future. Can you rate it on a scale of of one to Mahomes or one to elite? Um, what did you think of that throw to Valus Jones uh, by Justin Fields specifically? Um, you know, is is that I, I thought that was a beautiful, I mean, great arm, perfect pass. I mean, what did you think of that? I thought that was an elite throw. That's that's a Pro Bowl level throw, hands down. And I think Justin Fields has all the tools to be a Pro Bowl uh quarterback, right? I, I told you it's about him just getting more comfortable in that in that deeper passing game. I think that's the thing. And and listen, I understand that we've had a supporting cast of our receiver. No disrespect to them at all but it ranks among the least, you know, dead last as far as Easily. productive receivers. Yeah. And what he's been able to do since that Patriots game has been unbelievable, Joey. That's why I think that the sky is the limit for, for Justin Fields. Like, I don't think people fully grasp that he's been able to make plays on a consistent basis with, with a supporting cast that's not up to par, with an offensive line at times that cannot block. In the Eagles game, he was running for his life at times, right? Got six uh, sacks six times, right? And he was the best playmaker on the field, hands down. Look at look at all the Eagles talk about him. Brandon Graham, you know, uh, all all the all, all the defensive linemen talking talking him up, right? The the head coach talking about Justin yeah. Fields. So I think everybody notices what he can do. Um, that's why I, I'm telling you, Joey, if 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 we surround him with with a number one receiver and get a better offensive line, especially especially get a better tackle, um, you know, I think especially at that right side, I. I feel pretty good about him, like I said, being a top five quarterback next year. I'm I'm serious. Yeah, look, I mean, even Josh Allen's raving about the dude after the games. I mean, that's when you kind of know that, you know, 
the other opponents are seeing, respecting, and also enjoying the performance of Justin Fields. And yeah, man, if you look at it, you know, our offense has been, you know, pretty mixed. They had a really great hot streak there, but it's been all Justin Fields this year. He's got 24 total touchdowns. I know we're giving, you know, Trey Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence's flowers right now. He's only got 29 total. So Justin Fields isn't that far off from the breakout campaign that Trevor Lawrence is also having. So I'm on and he board has with a that. better cast too. He has better receivers. Oh, they spent money. They bought a $20 million receiver in Christian Kirk, right? They yeah. drafted a Travis Etienne. You know what I mean? They brought yeah. in a guy like an Evan Ingram who's mm -hmm. having a resurgence season. I mean, so yeah. you know, the, the, the Jaguars made a point to actually try and get that offense better around Lawrence. The Bears haven't even done that. So hopefully that is a, a taste of things to come moving forward uh, for the Chicago yeah. Bears. Um, you know, another, Corey, uh, you know, one of the things I want to see just in this game is I'm starting to I, – I look, I love watching Jaquan Brisker play. I'm starting to really love how Kyler Gordon plays. Um, you know what I mean? Both those guys, we we you brought it up as as mm -hmm. almost a derogatory thing, but Jaquan Brisker is leading the team in sacks right now. Our rookie Kyler Gordon now has three interceptions on the season, and these guys are starting to make plays. Now, look, I, I'm gonna let I'm gonna open up the floor to you whether the gap discipline is still lacking at times because I think they make some mistakes, Corey. But uh, those two guys, I just want another thing. I just want them to get more reps, more looks. This is a division game. They're going to be seeing Amon Ross St. Brown on the line for the next three or four years. So I want to see them go up against him, and I want to see them play well. I want to see that as well, and I think this season has been great. You know, I think Brisker started out a lot better than Gordon. Gordon struggled. You know, we were critical on him early on. He struggled in pass coverage, run defense. His run defense is still a little suspect at times. It's getting yeah. better. Uh, Brisker has been the more solid, uh, you know, run defender and and just all around, right? Last game, in my opinion, I thought that was one of his worst games, Brisker, to be honest with mm. you. He was just out of position, you know, especially on the touchdown, right? He's he's flat-footed. Guy makes a move on him. He doesn't even shoot at, at the, the running back's leg. I was just kind of like, what what is going on here, right? It yeah, just... and he, he hit the wrong gap on that Jalen Hurts uh, jailbreak too, right? That's, it, exactly, That's because yeah. he was in the wrong, yeah. So that was that was two touchdowns that he was responsible for just because of, you know, discipline, right? For, for the most part, he's been solid. And Gordon is completely turned around in pass coverage. He looks more comfortable. And this is the kind of playmaker that we saw in college at Washington, right? This was the guy that they said should have been a first-round pick. This yeah. is what we're seeing right now, right? And sometimes you don't always start out. The transition for some people is hard, right? Jaquan Brisker was a captain, you know, for Penn State. You know, he was one of the leaders from the time he was a freshman there. I mean, it's just is what it is. So he hit the ground running. Kyler Gordon struggled a little bit, but now he's bounced back. So I love what I've seen from both of them. I think they're both going to be bright spots for years to come. And the secondary as whole, without pressure, they've, they've played remarkable. Like holding Aaron Rodgers yeah. to 100 and 182 yards um, in a game where he had 15 to 20 seconds, that's a win every day of the book. So hats off to, you know, Allen Williams as well for being able to get the best out of these guys with a lack of pass rushing. You know the Tampa 2 always say rush and cover. Well, right now there's cover, <laughs> not much rush. <laughs> Except yeah. when Jaquan Brisker and Jack Sanborn were blitzing. That was that was kind of the only rush we've seen. So yeah. hats off to Allen Williams. You know, I think if they can get the weapons on the defensive line, um, I feel really good about the secondary and, and the kind of direction they're going. Um, and I'm telling you, they're, they're going to be even better when we can get front four that can actually rush the pass. Yeah, that's what has me excited. I mean, like, I, I this is one of the worst defensive lines I, I've personally seen productive-wise, production-wise, you know, in Chicago Bears history. So if you just bring that up a little bit, 
um, I think the secondary also takes another step too as well, and we're excited about them. Maybe my last thing about Gordon and Brisker is I don't have the number in front of me, um, but you know, for rookies, and we got this was their mo out of college is you know uh, they didn't commit a lot of penalties in college, and for the most part this year, I feel like that they've played by and large pretty clean football, right? I mean, yep. there haven't been a lot of defensive holdings, there haven't been a lot of pis against these guys. Now, granted, have they blown some assignments and guys have been wide open for some huge plays? Kyler Gordon early in the year, that's true. It's very, very true, but I think, you know, technique-wise, I think, you know, isn't penalties basically a byproduct of bad technique, Corey? And so exactly. if they're not committing a lot of those, I, I think that has a bright spot for them moving forward. Yeah, it's a positive for sure, and I think Poles definitely got those picks right. Um, you know, I think another thing that we're seeing from one of his picks is Valus Jones last week really, really coming alive, right? So I want to see a little bit more from him. Uh, a rookie. Um, he struggled early on, but I want to see him, Joey. I want to see him get all the punt returns, especially with Pettis. Looks like he's going to be out for this game potentially. Um, I want to. I want to see him because we know what he can do as a kick returner, right? We know he has the speed. He can get open. Uh, he could do trick plays. But if you know he can punt return, then you know you got your returner, and then you have an option at receiver as well. So I want to see him these last two weeks. The punt return is all yours. Let's see what you could do, Valus Jones, right? And you have nothing to lose. If he fumbles one, so what? Right? If he fumbles two, who cares, right? Yeah. We're we're almost trying to lose these game anyway. Nobody ever is trying to lose, but you're trying to lose. We, you know? we ain't but, upset. We ain't upset. Yeah, it, it, yeah, exactly. So why not Why not give him the show? He seems like a guy that can bounce back, right? And I think the great part of him tells me that he has it up there mentally, right? Because he, he was in the doghouse, Joey. He was in the doghouse. You know, the media was ripping him. Probably his coaches were ripping him. And for him to bounce back this past week, have two catches, one explosive play, what he's done in the kick return, I think I think it tells you a lot about what he has in between the ears. And that's half the battle. S similar to Gordon, right? Like, he put his head down, he worked, he got better, and then all of a sudden we're seeing Gordon really come alive with, with the past couple of weeks, especially with the picks. So hopefully we can see the la same thing with Valus Jones these last two weeks. Yeah, I love that perspective because, yeah, Vilas Jones, if you look at it, he kind of cost us three games, right? Yep. I mean, I know that we're the bottom of the NFL right now, but we go back and roll it back two months ago. We were in almost every single game that we've played all year long, and it was those mistakes towards the end of these games which really kind of put us behind the eight ball because we don't have the most talent on the team. So, um, no, that's a great point about them bouncing back. And, and, you know, uh, continuing to push forward and maybe ending the offseason on a high note. So when you go into this offseason program this year, you can do everything you need. Stay in the building and be ready to roll next year. Um, Corey, I mean, anything else? Are you ready for final score here? Bears-Lions week 17. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm I'm ready for final score. Um, yeah. You know, I obviously we know th this game and the scheme of things doesn't matter. Like, it's almost better, like we said, if we, if we lose, right? We're <laughs> yeah. thinking about... But players out there, I mean, they're, they're they're trying to win games. You know, at this point, obviously, they know this game doesn't really matter, but they're fighting for the livelihoods. You know, they're fighting for the, their job next year on the team or for another team. So these last two weeks are critical. You know, you look at guys like Travis Gibson, uh, Al-Qadim Muhammad. You know, they really haven't lived up to the hype that we thought we would see this year. So these games are critical, right? If they could string together – couple good games. Who knows? Travis Gibson could be back as, as a guy. Al-Qadi Muhammad, I think he's gone regardless, but he's fighting for his job for somewhere else next year, right? So if he could really flash these next couple of weeks, he could be brought in as as a, you know, a quality backup that can possibly be in the rotation. So guys like that are really fighting, you know, for their livelihood in this league. And uh, I, I think it's critical that 
you know, they, they give it their best and, and they really try to showcase what they can do. Dominique Robinson, right? Want to see what he can do. He had that great first game against San Francisco, really flashed and haven't seen anything from there. So, you know, you, you're getting a lot of reps. We need to see a little bit more, especially with you getting the type of reps you. So I want to see him these last two weeks really come alive in the pass rush game. I want to see him get off the football. I want to see him set the edge in the run game because um, I think he's got the talent. It's about him just unleashing it, right? He seems like he's holding back a little bit. So my thing is say get off, man. Tampa 2 is the best defense for a defensive lineman that you ever be in. They don't realize what they have, Joey. I'm telling you, when, when in the Tampa 2, you don't have to worry about getting reach. You don't have to worry about getting cut off. You know why? Because if I get the hell off the ball, I knock the guy back. And you know what that does? Penetration, it kills everything, right? Yeah. It's like it's like in Call of Duty, you know, fire in the hole. I was like, boom, that's what happens. That's what happens when you get off the ball and you penetrate. So take advantage of this, right? Because you don't want to be on another team where you got to you gotta come off the ball slow or two gap or, or match them or mirror step. No, you don't want none of that. You want to get off the ball. This is this is the scheme that every defensive lineman wants to be a part of, man, because you can get off. I love it, dude. And then, yeah, for the secondary guys, you know, you've seen a lot of dudes, uh, you know, who is it? Um, I'm, I'm blanking on a couple of the names, but there's a lot of dudes that have come up that could be death, pe Blackwell. death pieces on this team. Blackwell, thank you so much. Yeah, Blackwell yeah. and um, Jalen Jones. Jalen yeah. Jones, hopefully Jalen Johnson comes back this week. Yeah. Uh, obviously earns maybe a contract extension. Yeah. He's a lot to play for there. Uh, but, Corey, what's the final score, man? Who do you have winning this game? Um, I, I know what you – I think I know what you want to say, but it's, this is a head This is a head versus the heart situation with Corey Wooten. Yeah. So, Wooten, Damas, you let us know. Okay, I, I think this is going to be a tight one. Um, yeah. I think this is going to be 24-21 Detroit Lions winning mm. on like a last-second field goal. It's tied up at the end. Jared Goff drives them down. They kick the uh, game-winning field goal because, listen, they have a lot on the line right now. They they lost to Carolina last week. That was a tough loss for them because it would have made things a lot easier for them with a win last week, a win this week, and then a win, uh, you know, in week, week uh, 18 or 19. Um, so I think uh, – yeah, th this is a must-win game for them. They're playing at home. They're going to be ready to go. So I think they're going to get the dub. Uh, I think Justin Fields will still make his plays. Um, I think the secondary is going to step up. And and obviously, St. Brown went off on us last time. So I think they're going to they're going to have a little more handle on him because he's, he was he was the guy that really hurt us. So looking forward to see another game. I want to see improvement. That's it. I I don't care about the score. I want to see I want to see guys like Dominique Robbins that I talked about really get off the football. That's what I'm looking at this week. I want to see him set the edge in the run. I want to see him get close, right? It's not all about sacks. It's about pressure, hurries, QB hits, all that. So I want to see some of that from him. He's a guy I'm looking for this week. So, Corey, you know, we've been talking a lot this season about the narrative arc and the ascension and progression of Justin Fields. And I did say at one point this year that, you know, We've had so many moments in the fourth quarter where we've come up short that it would be really awesome to see Justin Fields walk out of this year with one of those great fourth quarter comeback victories, something where he he snatches from the jaws of defeat single-handedly and wins a game. And, you know, I, I got a lot of Lions fans. I went on a Lions pod the other day, and they're saying that they're going to beat us by 20 points uh, this weekend. And I was like, all right, guys, like, let's – Let's go one at a time here. You just got roasted by the Carolina Panthers. They put up 280 rushing yards on you. So let's just calm down here. And look, you know, I, as much as I want to, I'm always going to root for the Bears to win. I have to be honest with you, rooting for a Bears win in the next two weeks, I get it in the moment, makes sense. It's true with your heart. But in the long run, 
it is it is it is stupid. I'm sorry. It's irre- <laughs> it's it's irrelevant because five years from now, maybe hopefully when we have that Will Anderson or that number one pick or that bushel of first rounders or Devontae Adams, we'll be like we won't even think about this game and we'll go, Oh, thank God we got the draft position that we needed to restart this this hopefully this run with Justin Fields moving forward in the future. So here's what I'm saying, Corey. Uh the Detroit Lions are gonna beat the Chicago Bears thirty to seven. And here is how they're going to do it, Corey. With about two minutes, I'm going to say, screw it. I'm going to say about two minutes and 40 seconds to go. Justin Fields is going to get the ball. We're going to be down 24 to 20. He is going to lead his team down the field by hook or by crook, however it works. Maybe it's Valus Jones. Maybe it's Cole Komet. He is going to get that go-ahead touchdown. We are going to go up 27 to 24 with 30, 35 seconds to go. And like clockwork our chicago bears defense this defense the 2022 bears will give us that one last taste of 2022 in 2023 and give up a touchdown in the final seconds detroit's gonna go crazy they're gonna have a lot of momentum going into that final game against the green bay packers because they can maybe Mm. make the playoffs one of those two teams it's gonna be a great nfc north showdown and i think it's gonna be heartbreak city i got a birthday next tuesday Corey. i've been around this planet enough to know that I just don't think the Bears can play full four quarters right now. They're getting more banged up by the day. I want Justin Fields to stay healthy. I think he can play well indoors against a bad Lions defense. But at the end of the day, Jared Goff's sitting there with no pressure. Dude's playing well. When no one touches him, he plays well. And that's what's going to happen on Sunday. And that's probably what's going to happen with the Alcor score of the game, 30-27 to 27 Lions. Okay, I like that. Like last, last second, last drive. That's what I'm thinking. You know, I'm thinking. Yeah, and the Lions fans are gonna be all chesty, and they're gonna be like, "We're just gonna be like, we're just gonna wait." It's like a snake in the like, it's just a snake or an alligator in the river, just waiting and then snapping them next year. That's what I'm thinking. And and are are you telling your age? Are you telling us that you're old? Because you said you've you've seen you've seen a bunch in your time. You know, you're you're... (laughs) Corey. Corey, I've seen a thing or two in my life. Uh, Couple grays there popping up. Yeah, baby. Proud of it. I got one right here, man. There you go. Be be proud of your winter, your seasonal, your seasonal change. Uh, I'm going to be 39 years old, dude. Oh, one away from big 4-0, man. One away from big 4-0. 39's the new 29, whatever you want to call it. Uh, But no, I'm excited about it. Um, I'm, I'm very thankful where I am in my life, the people that are around me the podcast and shows that I get to do with uh, people like you, Corey. And no, I'm super excited. And I know better that this is probably a game that I would say that the bears should win. They've lost what eight in a row. Uh, we, in the mm. preseason, we said that the bears win this game in Ford field. Um, yeah, but let's just be honest. It's probably not going to happen. And, and you know what? It's probably the best for the franchise to lose these last two games exactly. and root for the Texans versus the Jaguars and the Colts, because they just need to win one game to be a half game, uh, to have the half game leapfrog us and put us into that number one spot, keep us in that two and that one. And I think our franchise can start to really change around, uh, in the coming months, man. And we'll be there to cover it. I, I, I like that. You know, I think the one good thing about the season, the, the wins, uh, haven't been there a lot of losses, but I think like, like I've said, and, and you've said in the podcast, we finally got our quarterback and everyone feels good about that. If you don't feel good about that, I don't know what you're watching. I don't know how you're evaluating this team because Justin Fields has done a lot with a little. He's put the team on his back, literally. He's played with an injured shoulder this year in a season that means absolutely nothing. So I think that's telling you just his leadership, his toughness, his want to. Um, 
He's he's been there for every game. He took responsibility in the Atlanta game when it wasn't even his fault. That was on the defense. Uh, and then you look on the other side where Zach Wilson, they played the next week. Is there anything you could do better? No. 100 yards of offense. Come on, bro. No. You know? Yeah. And I think that's telling you, we got our quarterback right. The Jets wish they could have Justin Fields, you know, because if Justin Fields was on the Jets right now, they would have 10-plus wins right now. With the receivers that they have, with that defense that they have, they, they are kicking themselves right now. They didn't pick Justin Fields. So I'm glad that, that we picked him. I've been high on him since since college, right? He was my favorite coming out. I knew what Trevor Lawrence can do, and I knew he was the sure pick, what they said, the pro style and all this. But Justin Fields, when I saw him in college and I saw him compete, you know, and I saw him go in that game against Trevor Lawrence and Clemson when he bounced back the game before where he struggled against Northwestern, came in that game and was the better player against Trevor Lawrence. That sold it for me, and that's when I knew he, he was the real deal. And it's been great to see. Enjoy. I'm just telling you, I say that all the time. Top five quarterback. When we put the weapons in offensive line and we have a defense that can pass rush. I'm telling you, you know, if we have a, a roster similar to the Eagles, not even if we just have it similar, right? We have a couple pass rushers. We have some weapons at receiver and we have an offensive line. Justin Fields will be a top five quarterback. He will be a perennial Pro Bowl quarterback and he will he will lead us to the playoffs and we will be shooting for the Super Bowl. I'm telling you that yeah. if if Ryan Pulse, that's what I want to see this offseason, what he's going to do, right? Because he left the Bears out to dry for a reason, right? So this is all part of his master plan. Let's see how much of a mastermind he is, right? I told but you. Now you got to, and now it's time to execute. It's easy to, yeah. it's so easy have, to sit on dead money and get rid of guys. Yeah. Now it's time. Yeah. To, yeah. He's talking about it. Let's, let's see you be about it, right? Because yeah. I think he could build something great there. He's a young, brilliant football mind that, that had experience with the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's see what you can do for Justin Fields and this franchise, because I think it's critical. If he can put them up in a great position, I think they could play for a Super Bowl in three years, Joey. I, I fully believe it. So Bears fans, I know it's been tough, and I know it's been frustrating at times this year, but I think the future is very bright. And I think it's all about how we surround this team with talent. And once we could do that, I feel like we have a great coach. I feel like we have a great quarterback, and we have some pieces that are going to be here for years to come. And it's all about us getting the right positions. It's like chess right now, right? We're making these moves to set ourselves up. And then all of a sudden, checkmate, baby. Super Bowl, yeah. right? Oof, oof, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Do you think the Jets would be interested in kicking the crap out of the Patriots and putting up 30-plus points against the Dolphins, something that Justin Fields did? Uh, I don't know. No, but, but Corey, man, you're, you're so right, man. You've been on it for a long time with Justin Fields, and now the people are coming underneath that umbrella, that tent that you put up yourself, like guys like Josh Allen and Darius Slay and dudes that are in the league right now that are playing against him and that are so impressed. And maybe my final button on what you're bringing up is – you know, Bears fans think about it like this. We've only won three games, so many excruciating losses. But, and you know, look, we have, and you know what's been awesome? We haven't brought up the past in a long time, Corey. We, we, we haven't, right? And I'm going to do it right now just to kind of maybe crystallize the end of this 2022 pod here on Believe in Bears. Of how many times, Corey, did we last year do a pod where me or you said, what are they doing? Like, what are they doing? Like the Browns game, I mean, the game plans, the calls, the, the ratio between pass and run, the protection schemes, um, you know, not even doing max protect, you know, all, all, how many times, Corey, did we do what are they doing last year? And this year, 
look, you've had you've had very, very healthy criticisms of Luke Getze. You've had healthy criticisms of, of Alan Williams and the defensive line and some of the game plan at times. But we're not sitting around scratching our heads saying, what the hell are they doing? And the Chicago Bears are competing in almost every single one of these games. And yeah, it's been a three-win season so far. But man, this has probably been the most entertaining three-win season you're ever really going to see. Um, and that gives me hope, right? And 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 the the head coach who shall not be named um, was not providing that for us last year in the last couple exactly. of years. And I think it's it's different now, and it feels different, even though the win loss total the wins are way down. So I'll tell you this, right? Seven of the losses are by one score, right? Seven of the losses. Seven of the losses are by one score, right? Yeah. Especially some of these, like you look at uh, Miami, we were beating three. We were beating the we were beating the Dolphins. We were beating the Lions. We were beating the Falcons. We were beating the Vikings. We were beating the Giants. And Philly, which is arguably people say the best team in football right now, or one of them, lost to them by five points. Yeah. Right. Picked off Jalen Hurts twice. Picked yeah. off Josh Allen. So there's a lot of positives to draw off, right? I think our secondary, I think Justin Fields is in a good position. I feel like Braxton Jones has been solid this year. We know Jack Sanborn is banged up right now, but he's our Mike of the future. We know that, right? So I think that's good right there. Um, you know, Kyler Gordon, Brisker have really come along. Jalen Johnson, uh, Eddie Jackson, if he's back next year, I think that secondary is good where it is. I feel good about that, right? Yeah. Now it's just getting that defensive line. Once we could do that, man, I – I really feel I really feel good about this defense and and with Iberflus and you know the, the one great thing is they've ta- they've taken the ball away and that's something Iberflus has always done in his career as a defensive coordinator. So when we get that pass rush, man, watch out, man. It's gonna be exciting to watch. So Bears fans, just be patient, trust this process, and uh, let's let's look forward to a good two weeks and hopefully one. I don't know what they're gonna do with Justin Fields the last week. They might s- s- shut him down. Treat it like a bowl game for college. Please, you know, last please game of the season, sit, sit him down. Please sit him. Yeah, please. Yeah. I think so too. Especially with the Vikings, they're going to be playing for something, and they got two talented pass rushers. And uh, yeah, I, I worry about that matchup a little bit. But yeah, just let just bear with us. Let's go to the off season. Let's, let's get really excited about this free agency and, and potential defensive tackles, offensive linemen, a potential trade for a number one wide receiver, and then you know our future defensive end or tackle at that maybe number two or or number one pick options to trade back there's going to be a lot of exciting things in this offseason so you know we're, we're definitely going to keep bringing you content and i appreciate your guys support and uh yeah joey's been a lot of fun as always doing this with you and i really enjoy it and uh you know talking x's and o's and uh you know yeah man i really enjoy it man yeah, dude, it's such a pleasure um, and honestly such a privilege on my end too as well, man. So happy New Year to you and your family. Everyone listening out there, happy 2022, uh, May 2023. Be uh, be flush with also that happiness, health, success, and also Justin Fields. Uh, draft picks. Uh, draft, free maybe agency. <laughs> flush with draft picks, uh, three techniques. Um, lots of number wins one wide, next year. Lo- lots of wins, uh, lots Play of excitement, offs. and a lots of more great Believe in Bears episodes. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. Uh, this episode was presented by BetOnline.eg. 50% welcome bonus right now during the bowl season and the NFL playoffs coming up, so make sure you hop over there. 50% welcome bonus when you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. Thank you so much for tuning in on YouTube. 
tune in Sirius XM, wherever you get your podcasts. Again, I see it uh, very, very recently, but again, it continues to happen. Our, our podcast audience continues to grow. So if you listen to this, you like it, tell just one friend to check us out on the weekly basis to hear all the knowledge that Corey is spitting out about the Chicago Bears. Um, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Happy New Year. Bear down. Bear down, baby. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.